0: Were any of y'all of that era? Not now. I, I couldn't pull it off now, right? But, but anyway, at that moment in my life, it was cool, you know, to spike your hair straight up. And it was really funny because, you know, we, we didn't have the money to go get haircuts very often. And so, and, and then my mom cut her hair a few times and I quit letting her do that because like blood would be running down the side of my head because she would... <laughs> Clip my, I mean, it only takes a couple of times to get your ears clipped and you're like, I'm done, mom. No more haircuts, right? And so I would have a spike like up here, be like, oh yeah, I'm cool. Well, the reason I remember that haircut is because we, we did a science experiment in class in elementary. I, I can't remember first, second, third grade, somewhere around in there. And uh, we took a, a foam cup and we filled it with topsoil. I'm sure, sure most everybody's done this. Uh, and then we took that, we took grass seed and we put it in that foam cup. Well, you know, it doesn't take long and the hair I mean not the hair, the grass shoots up out of that, that cup. And we got to draw a little face on it. And I was like, "Hey, it's a self-portrait. Here we go." Or right? I don't mean the hair sticking up. I'm like, "Finally, somebody gets me." Well, h- how long do you think that grass lasted in that cup? Not very long at all. Number one, because you've got to water it, right? And a kid who's going to do that. But also, there's just no room. How, how can you keep grass alive forever in this little foam cup? You've got to replace the soil and all those things. And it's just not happening. Well, when we come to Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 21, what we see is that Jesus, He gives us a lesson in agriculture. He tells us that the seed that we plant is important, but more important than the seed is where you plant it, the soil that it's planted in. And so Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to see him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow a seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock and as it grew up it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Father, I pray that you'd be with us during these moments that we share. Let us hear from you, Lord. God, I I pray that you would make us into who you would have us to be. Give us the strength to do what we can't do apart from you. Lord, change us through the power of your holy word this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so first, we listen to the disciples' question. So Jesus tells the story about this guy who plants somewhat successfully his garden and at the end of it he says if you can hear it hear it and and then his disciples asked him in verse nine and when his disciples asked him what this parable meant he said to them to you it has been given to know the secrets of god but for others they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand and so the question the disciples ask is this we don't understand what you mean like, can you imagine this morning if I told you that if you're going to plant a garden, don't do it in a foam cup. And then I was like, alright, y'all have a good afternoon. Enjoy the buffet. What would your response be? Huh? What do you mean? You get, you, did, is this agri? Like, is this a, a class on gardening? Is that why we came? And so when they, when they get alone, they ask Jesus, what do you mean? And so Jesus gives them commentary. He gives them instruction. On what he meant. Apart from his instruction, they weren't going to understand what he said. The reason, and so they said, why do you do this? How do you do this? And he says, you need to understand something. You can understand the secrets of the kingdom. But other folks, all they hear is stories. And so our question is, Jesus, are you intentionally hiding things from these people? Are you making it so that they can't understand? I mean, do these disciples somehow magically understand this parable? Well, no, Jesus actually has to explain it to them. Why does Jesus explain it to them? Because they ask him. The difference between the people who understand the parable and the people who don't understand the parable is the folks who end up understanding it actually come to Jesus with their questions. Now, you may leave here on a Sunday morning saying, what was that dude talking about? That's not quite the same as what Jesus was doing. My, my problem is just lack of clarity. But Jesus, he actually, what he's doing is he's telling them a story about a kingdom truth. And those that actually want to understand it, they go to the source to find out the truth. Those who don't care, hear a story and go home. You see, you see that one thing we need to understand about uh, Jesus' teaching is we need to take some personal responsibility and ask questions. Guys, when's the last time you dove deeper into God's Word when you didn't understand something? When's the last time you asked questions when you were confused? When's the last time you admitted you were struggling comprehending a, a deep truth about God and who He is? When's the last time you went to someone and said, Hey, I don't, I don't get this. Can you help me understand it? I, I, don't, I don't always pray like I should. Can you help me develop a good prayer life? I don't always study the Bible the way that I should. Can you help me do that? I don't, I'm having a hard time with this sin in my life. I don't know how to get this out. I don't understand how to do this. Can you help me with it? When's the last time you said, I'm not going to just leave it at surface level knowledge. I want to go deeper. I want to understand more. When, how serious are you about understanding God's word this morning, guys? Are you those who hear the story and go home? Or are you those who go back and say, Jesus, what in the world did you mean? And so Jesus, he, uh, he begins to unpack this story. He begins to unpack what He means. Uh, and so he, he first gives us three wrong ways to respond to the Word of God, three wrong ways to respond to the Gospel. The first wrong way is a complete rejection. We see this in verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the Word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And so Jesus says, listen, the seed that I'm talking about is God's word. It is the gospel. It is God's word to you. It is his instruction to you about who he is and who he wants you to be. And apparently it's also about how to be saved, right? Because those who don't hear aren't saved because they don't hear the word of God. And so Jesus says, the guy who's throwing the seed is throwing the word. He's proclaiming the message of God's kingdom. He's proclaiming the truth of who God is and what He wants from us and how He will save us. And so as He goes along the path, He's throwing out seed. And some of the seed lands on the hard ground, on the asphalt. Now how much fruit are you going to get out of the seed that lands on the asphalt? What if you water it every day? What if you fertilize it? What if if you go out and you talk real nice to it? Is that seed ever going to do anything? It's not, is it? It's not ever going to produce any fruit at all because there's, it's hard. In fact, what's going to happen is, is when the birds fly over and they see that seed, they're going to come by and they're going to eat it. Jesus says your, some of your hearts are like that. Some of your hearts are like that asphalt. You hear the Word of God and all it does is lay there on top of it. And you don't ever do anything with it. You don't receive it. And so as soon as you hear it, Satan comes along and he snatches it up so that you can't be saved so that you won't hear and be saved. What does Jesus mean? He means that as you are listening to God's Word, Satan is doing everything he can so that you won't hear. Did you know he doesn't want you to hear? Do you know that he wants you to not listen, that he wants you to ignore what God is saying to you even this morning? He he wants you to go on in disbelief. He wants you to go on angry at the Lord. He wants you to go on not understanding. Because if you ever hear and you ever respond, man, you, you'll start serving the Lord. You'll start living for Him. And so Jesus says some folks have this heart that when the sentence as of as the Word is preached, they reject it. They don't want anything to do with it. And Satan gives them a thousand reasons why they shouldn't. In fact, what happens very often when we listen to the Word, what do we do? We don't hear what God has to say to us. We have, hear what God has to say to the folks down the road, right? or maybe down the pew, right? Don't look to your right or left. You know who you're thinking about right now. Don't turn around. But but right I, I mean we we typically try to deflect God's word so that we don't actually have to deal with it. And Satan will give you excuses not to listen. So he says some folks they hear what God says and they just flat out reject it. But there's another type of folks. There's another type of heart that uh, rejects it because they're shallow. They they receive God's Word, but they're shallow in it. Look at verse 13. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the Word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And so this is the soil, sort of like the, the cup of dirt. It looks good. looks like, man, this is a good place to grow something but the dirt's only about that, that thick. It's super shallow. And so as soon as the, the, the seed goes through and it begins to try and uh, produce a root so that it can stand, it runs into the flat rock. It's just rock. I, I know this past summer I had the idea that I was going to grow a blackberry bush in my backyard. And so I was like, oh, here, we'll grow it over here by the fence. And, and then I began to dig. I had a post hole digger, and I, I began to dig a hole to plant it. And so I have topsoil that's almost a half inch uh, thick. Right under that is nothing but gravel and rock. I dug the hole anyway. I filled it with dirt and I put a blackberry bush in there. You know what I got? A hole with some dirt and a big pile of rocks. Nothing happened. And, and Jesus says some of our hearts are like that. We have this little layer that when we hear the word, it sounds really good to us, but as soon as things get hard, we're gone. And we, we hear, oh wait, heaven? I'm down? oh, but there's suffering involved. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, the first church we pastored, we had a music minister. He's a little older. and you, he, he loved to tell the, the story about the little boy who was sitting there and, and he was sort of rambunctious and not always paying attention as the preacher was preaching. And the preacher asked all the kids, he was talking in children's church and he asked all the kids, he said, how many of y'all want to go to heaven? And all of them raised their hands except for this one little boy. And finally he came back around and said, Are you not listening to me, son? I asked who wants to go to heaven. He said, Oh, I heard you, and I want to go. I just thought you were taking somebody right, taking up a group right now. And I think sometimes that's how we respond. We, we want to go to heaven, but we really don't want to do the work. We really don't want to actually follow the Lord. We really don't want to die to ourselves. We want to go to heaven without any of the pain. Everybody wants to go to heaven. No one wants to die. We, we like the idea of heaven. But we really don't like the idea of the suffering between here and there. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to take up your cross daily. You're going to die to yourself, and you're going to follow me. Hey, he said, anyone who doesn't hate his life on my sake is not wor- for my sake is not worthy of me. But for some reason, we've got it in our head that following Jesus is all sunshine and roses. And it's just not. So there are some, as long as it benefits them, as long as it doesn't cost them anything, they're down. As soon as it starts hurting, though, they're out. Jesus says these, these folks don't produce any fruit. There's no links to their walk with the Lord. It's more of like a 40-yard sprint, and they're done. And so following Jesus isn't about having the good, easy life. It's about serving Him and serving others. And, and so we, we see this, this thin soil. We see the shallow reception. Then we also see the distracted re- reception in verse 14. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. This is the soil that, when you look at it, it looks good. Like it's rich, it's fertile, it's deep. it's perfect to grow a garden. So he throws his seed man, is going to produce some good fruit. And before you know it, thorns and weeds begin to grow up in competition with that seed. And and as they grow up, you know, I mean, the the fruit, the the plant, the veggies grow pretty good, but but the the thorns and and the weeds begin to wrap themselves around the, the thing that you planted, and it just chokes it out. It chokes all the life out of it until there's nothing left. He says, some folks are like that. They, they hear the Word and it sounds really good and they want to follow Jesus. But man, there's all this other stuff I want to do too. There's all these other pursuits that I want to give myself to. I'll follow Jesus so long as it doesn't get in the way of my pleasure. I'll follow Jesus so long as it, He doesn't get in the way of me chasing down money. As long as He doesn't get in the way of me chasing down the cares of this world. When I was reading this, I couldn't help but think about how distracted... We, we have a little dog, and I'm pretty sure our dog needs ADD medicine. I was going to ask Mark about this after service, but I, I'm pretty sure... Cause, so, like, I put it out, and it's supposed to go to the bathroom, right? Go potty, Lulu. Go potty. You know what she does? She runs out there, she's thinking about it, but then a squirrel runs by, and so she, then she's on the squirrel, and then she's on the car, and then she's on the leaf, and she's all over the place, and I'm like, ah! You know, I'm yelling at her, pay attention, stay focused, dog. And, but but I, I think sometimes that's how we are when it comes to fall in oh, the Lord. We, we want to follow Him. We know that's what we ought to be doing. But then, oh, soccer. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. Oh, there's this TV show I want to watch. Oh, there's this money I want to make. And before you know it, we, we've wasted our life on ourselves, on chasing all the stuff of this world. Jesus says there are some, when they hear the Word, they're all about it. That there's all these weeds and all these thorns, all these other cares and concerns. And it just chokes out any sort of faith, any sort of love they had for him until finally there's no fruit that's being produced. And here, here's the danger of this, guys. Here's the, the problem with this. It doesn't happen instantly. Jesus uses the picture of planting and sowing here to show that fruit is produced over a long period of time. Like they would, they would plant in sometime in like October and wouldn't get their harvest until April. It's a long wait, right? In our microwave society, I mean most of us don't even remember when you had to wait like 20 minutes for one page to download, right? Back in the dial-up days. But, but we want everything instantly. And Jesus says fruit takes a while. You know what else happens slowly? Weeds and thorns and other cares growing into your life. Until it chokes out your love for the Lord. And the next thing you know, you look around and you say, uh, I don't remember the last time I did anything for Him. I've been so busy. I don't remember the last time I served Him. I don't remember the last time I served anyone else. I have all these other things going on. I, <laughs> this summer, I, Crystal and I, in case you don't know this about us, we love yard work. Not at all. Miss Edna was telling me the other week that she was thinking about me and she was cutting her grass because she knows how much I love it. But, but in our backyard, this thing has happened where I, I was mowing it and I got to noticing that there's this vine running down the middle of my grass. And so I started plucking up some of these vines. And I know I should have known this, but have you ever heard of crabgrass? That stuff is crazy quick at growing, And then like We started pulling up weeds and the next thing you know, we have this huge hole in the middle of our yard and it's all over. And we're like, oh... And I read online, it said, you just got to wait till next year. It's too late. But you know what? That didn't happen in one day. That didn't even happen in one summer. It happened over several summers where I wasn't paying attention. I just thought, you know, hey, we got some new grass back there. Turns out it's this weed that's killing all the other grass. That's what happens in our hearts if we're not careful. If we're not paying attention, our schedule will crowd out serving the Lord. Our focus will crowd out serving the Lord. All this other stuff. It's not bad stuff. It's not evil stuff. It's just stuff. And next thing you know, you're showing up at church and they're offering you a visitor card. You're saying, man, I can't remember the last time I really sat down and prayed for an hour or two. I can't remember the last time I sat down and actually studied the Word. I can't remember the last time I gave of myself to help someone else. You see, If we're not careful, we'll be so distracted, we'll miss the opportunity to be fruitful for for Christ. And then we come to the right response to the Word. Verse 15. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the Word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And so there's a couple of different ways we can talk about this good hearth, this good soil. The first way is desperate. He says here that they, they hold it fast. They hang on to it tightly. You know why you hang on to something tightly? Because it's important to you. You know why you, you internalize truth? Because you believe it to be true and useful. Like there's, Josiah has this little ducky we've had since he was a baby. He got it after, one of his, after surgery he had when he was little bitty and... I mean, he carries that thing around under the neck. That thing is so important to him. Like, it's priceless. We don't let him take it anywhere, because if he does, we're we're in big trouble, right? I mean, even to this day. But when when we hang on to something like that, it's because we really believe that it's important. We really love it. We really believe uh, it's important to us. And so Jesus says here that those who have good soil or who have a good heart uh, are those who, when they hear the word, they hold it fast. They hang on to it tightly. Like this morning, if you were hanging off a cliff by a rope, are you going to let go of that rope? No, because it's your only hope, right? If you really believe Jesus is your only hope, if you really believe His Word and the Gospel is your only hope, are you going to hang on to it tightly or loosely? Are you going to treat it with a little bit of love and a little bit of respect, a little bit of attention, or are you going to give your whole focus to it? Jesus says those who actually produce fruit are those who take the Word seriously, who take Him seriously. He says that we hold it fast in an honest and good heart. Guys, if you do or if you're not honest with God and you're not honest with yourself, you'll never be desperate for His Word. If you're not honest about the fact that you are sinful, that you are messed up, that you are broken, you're never going to be desperate for the Savior. If you're not honest about the fact that you have broken God's law, you're never going to seek Him out. Not just with the people around you, not just with God, but with yourself. You know why I think that those who have hard hearts are hard-hearted? Because they're not honest. They don't really believe they need Him. They really don't believe that anyone can teach them anything. They really don't believe they need to hear from Him. They really don't believe that they need to be saved. That may be you this morning. But guys, I want you to be honest with yourself. Ask yourself, are you really okay? Are you really okay without the Lord? Are you really okay looking into the future? seeing that He is not walking with you. Is that really okay with you? Be honest with yourself this morning. Are you desperate for Him? But it's not just honesty. It's not just desperation. It's also patience. It says, and bear fruit with patience or endurance. If you're truly honest with yourself and you're truly desperate for the Lord, you'll do whatever it takes to walk with Him. You'll do whatever it takes not to give up, but to keep moving forward. You'll actually produce fruit. Real faith is going to keep you moving in the same direction. You see, patience, endurance is part of walking with Him. It's the only way we'll ever produce fruit. It's the only way we'll ever truly see the Lord grow in our lives and see us grow in Him is when we are patient and we continue on through the hard stuff, through the stuff that challenges us, through the stuff that makes us question, through the stuff that makes us doubt. When we're honest with Him, we say, Lord, I'm having a hard time. It's only then that we're really able to grow with Him, and it's only then that He's actually able to produce fruit through us. I'm afraid sometimes we don't ever really get past the knowledge level. We don't allow the Word to soak into our heart. Like, we, we can tell you the story of the Good Samaritan, but we really can't tell you the last time we were a neighbor. Like we, we can talk all day long about the different Greek words used for love in the New Testament, but when we actually talk about the last time we showed love, We we can talk about Job and how he suffered well, but don't ask us to go through pain. See, what Jesus is doing here, guys, is He's pushing us to be not just hearers of the Word, but doers. Produce real fruit. I think so often we're really good at talking about the Lord. We're really good at knowing about the Lord. But we're not so good at listening to the Lord because we're not desperate for Him like we ought to be. We don't have that patient endurance that says, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to follow him. Guys, it's like we, we forgot the story of the tortoise and the hare growing up, right? It doesn't matter how fast you are if you don't finish the race. It doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how good you look if you don't finish, if you don't actually do something with it. And, and so I ask you this morning, why, why are you struggling? Why are you hurting? Is it because you're not trusting him? Is it because you're not? going deeper into his word because you're not asking him those questions you, you need to ask him. Why is it he's not teaching you? It's because you've decided he doesn't have anything to show you. Because so you're not being honest with yourself about where you are spiritually, about where you are in life. Maybe you're just distracted. Guys, that's the, 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 the distracted response to the Lord, I, I think it's probably the curse of our generation in America. We're so distracted. How much time do you have really to devote to Him? To actually Him? Not make excuses and and say, well, you know, I kind of have devoted this time to Him, but really devote to Him. To serving Him, to serving others. Are you so focused on yourself that you can't hear from Him? I know I've shared with you before that sometimes when when I'm trying to talk to my son, um, he'll be watching TV. I don't know where he gets this from. I'm sure I'm not like this at all. But he'll be watching TV, and, and I'll say, Josiah. Uh, and he won't look at me, and I'll say, Josiah. Uh, and it's like the TV has him in a, in a grip, in a grasp. And, and I'm trying to talk to him, and he's not hearing anything. In fact, he will get so bad that he will still be watching TV, but his whole body will turn towards me. And it's like the TV is pulling him in. I'm like, Josiah, come here. And he's like, hold on, Dad. Oh, yeah, Dad, I'm listening. You, you know? And I mean, it, it's like it, it just has him in this trance. And I think maybe that's part of our problem this morning. We think, yeah, I'm listening to you, Lord, but I can't turn this off right now. This is my favorite part. Both literally and uh, uh, symbolically, we, we need to turn the TV off sometimes and say, Lord, what do you have to say to me? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? You see, what Jesus is getting at this morning is if we truly believe that He's all we need, then we will produce fruit. He will produce fruit through us we're going to be desperate for him and we're going to be dependent on him and we're going to be seeking him out patiently with endurance doesn't mean we'll do everything right it doesn't mean that we'll never sin none of that but what it does mean is that no matter what we will keep nurturing the word that he's put into our hearts Th- think about it like this guys if you have planted something that you really care about and you really are concerned with growing you may you know maybe you plant tomatoes that's my favorite thing to get out of the garden i watch them tomatoes like a hawk. Like, I'm, I'm watering them, I'm fertilizing them, I'm doing everything it takes. I'm staking them up, like I'm putting effort into it all year long, or all summer long. I'm, I'm plucking all the weeds out. Cucumbers, those are Crystal's favorite. They don't get quite the attention. They probably should. I don't know why. May, I try, I mean, I try, but it's just not the same passion, you know? Tomatoes, I love. Cucumbers, I'm like, oh, you can get those from Walmart. I know they're not the same, but still... I, but the things that we really care about, the plants that we really are concerned with, they grow and they produce fruit. I wonder if this morning the reason why the Word's not producing fruit in you is because you're treating it so it really doesn't matter. So maybe or maybe not, it's a big deal. Maybe this morning the reason why you're not seeing Jesus at work in your life is because you've never surrendered to Him. I, I want to read, and I'm, we're out of time, and so I'm not going to finish the other sec- part of this section, but there's, there's a, a place here where Jesus says this. In verse 17, he says, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to lie. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has, that he, will, he has will be taken away from him. Jesus says, "Be careful this morning of fooling your own self, of thinking that just because it looks like you're following the Lord means you are, that just because everyone around you is fooled means that God is fooled too. The truth is is everything's going to come out in the end. God knows everything about your heart. He knows everything about your relationship with Him. He knows whether or not you've actually trusted on Him. You can fool yourself, you can fool the people around you, but you can't fool Him. Be honest with yourself. Have you truly put your faith in him this morning? Have you truly said, Lord, you are Lord. Lord, I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, and I know I can never be right apart from the the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Have you ever really said that? If you haven't, then would you? Jesus says, be careful how you hear. Be careful the way that you respond. Take concern, take heed to your soul. Ask yourself, have I truly given myself to him? Am I truly willing and able to walk with Him, to follow Him? If not, would you this morning? Would you put your faith in Him? Uh, if you would, stand with us. And as you stand, we're, we're going to do things a, a little differently this morning than we normally do. During this time, we are going to have a time for you to respond to the Lord. We're going to have a time for you to, to uh, do business with Him as, as we sing. But we're also going to have a time of prayer. During this time of prayer, if, if you want to come and you want to pray for someone in your life who needs to hear from, from the Lord, needs to hear his word, come and pray for them. If you want to come and pray for our church, come and pray for our church. Come pray for our nation. Come pray for your family. Guys, we, we must be people of prayer. We must unite together in asking the Lord to do great things in our lives, to do great things in our community. We talk a lot about depending on the Lord. But this morning I want us to show that we depend on him by the way that we respond to him in prayer. So would you come as we sing? And as we sing, you just come and you pray. If you need to come pray with me, you do that. But you just come and pray. Let's sing.
1: Be the Lord.
0: take our cares to the Lord, isn't it? Let's just continue praying this week that he would speak his word into our hearts.